Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. I'm Emily. This is episode 69. And tomorrow is election day, everybody. I hope you're voting wherever you're voting. If you're in this country, um, that is America, uh, the United States of. Um, if you live somewhere else, then it's probably not election day, in which case probably you're not voting. <laughs> but if you are in America, please vote tomorrow. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I keep feeling like totally afraid that any minute somebody's going to take away my right to vote. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't, I'm voting, I'm voting every chance I get. Um, so yeah, I'm look, looking forward to doing that tomorrow in, in Queens, New York City. Um, let's see what happens. So today's episode is uh, about a television show called Glow that is on Netflix, and I think I might just go ahead and, and read it to you. You'll exp I'll explain why um, I wrote a blog about it. Here it is. The most woman-y woman episode ever. I've been watching Glow, the Netflix series about the women's wrestling show of the 80s, and I've been enjoying how many women there are on the show and how different they are from one another. It is refreshing to watch a group of ladies figure out how to make something, even if that something that they're making is kind of kitschy and weird and also racist and sexist a lot of the time. It has been enjoyable viewing thus far, but then I watched an episode that switched my experience from enjoyable to revolutionary. It blew my mind a little bit. Or a lot. I don't know yet what impact this episode will have on me. At first, I wondered if I was having an experience similar to my reaction to Call the Midwife. A sense of, wow, is this what being a man feels like? Seeing you and your friend's experience reflected on screen all the time? But then no, I realized that Glow isn't showing me what it's like to be a man or rather what it would be like if women had authority and dominated the storytelling landscape like men do, Glow just showed me what it's like to be a woman right now and 32 years ago when the show takes place. Episode 8, Maybe It's All the Disco, was the womaniest woman story I have ever seen on TV or in film or anywhere. It's not just the menstrual cycle plot line or the pregnancy test or the abortion under consideration. It was the extraordinary community of women that finds a way to come together under the clumsy patriarchal sexist authority. It took eight episodes to get here, but after the initial jockeying for the limited slots in the job, the women of GLOW have started to do what I have seen women do again and again, work together to support each other and deal with difficult situations, even without the authority to do so. Earlier in the day, I'd listened to a podcast about collective intelligence. That podcast went on at some length about all the different factors in creating a group that can solve a problem most effectively. They talked about equal distribution of contribution and emotional intelligence, but they saved the real kicker for last. This is that scientific evidence suggests that if your goal is to have an effective group you should work to include the following. Creating an environment wherein everyone feels they can contribute, stack your team with emotionally intelligent people, and 
include as many women as possible. That's right. According to several different studies, groups of women solve problems of many varieties faster and more effectively than groups of men. And the more women in your group, the better off you are. This does not surprise me. What does surprise me is hearing two men say it. What does surprise me is seeing that experience of extraordinary community intelligence reflected in a TV show alongside some basic female body experiences. I am surprised by my own surprise in watching a collective feminine experience on a TV show, but it really did set off an explosion in my head. What if we lived in a world where it was common to see the accoutrement of our menstrual cycles within our narratives? What if the female experience were so often revealed that an abortion story could become commonplace? And one day, maybe even a cliché. What if we regularly saw women of a multiplicity of backgrounds come together to celebrate each other, like we do in real life? What would that world be like? Really? What would that world be like? So in addition to inspiring this um, blog, the show made me realize, well, rather, it made me remember uh, a Pat Benatar song that I had not heard probably since it came out or, you know, in the years around when it came out um, that I love. Like, I I was like, it it was in the finale episode of Glow, a song called Invincible. And I was just like, yeah, it was the perfect song for the moment. Um, And also just like, I I was so glad to remember Invincible. Um, I liked it at the time, but I like it even more now. And so, of course, since this is, this blog is, this blog cast is uh, Songs for the Struggling Artist. And I, I must give you now a song since I've set myself up this president, president, not president, president. Um... So, of course, it's going to be Invincible. So I, I'm actually really uh, thankful to the show for that as well, because um, it, it, it was fun to work on um, and record. So I'll play that for you in a moment. But before, before we get there, I will recommend to you a podcast. I feel like I should recommend to you a woman woman podcast because of the subject of this blog um, so I'm going to recommend um, Lena Dunham's podcast, which is called Women of the Hour. And I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of, of Lena Dunham. Um, it, I like her. I think she's ballsy and gutsy and yeah, she's for me. But I, I understand she's not for everybody. However, even if you're not a fan of hers, she gets a lot of really... Um, exciting, interesting women on her show. And there's a way where she does tend to like dive into like the stuff that we usually don't talk about. Like she has like a whole podcast about women's health and she like takes the recorder in while she's going to see the doctor about her endometriosis. Like there's just a way where sometimes it's really, um, yeah, it's surprising, um, some things. And I feel like she works pretty hard to, uh, make up for the ways she's she's previously 
fallen down. So she makes a real strong effort to have this not be just like a white lady podcast. Like she interviews a lot of really amazing women of color. So um, I found out about a lot of women I did not know about from listening to Women of the Hour. So check it out. Um, Even if you're not a fan, (laughs) I would say try it. Try it. See how you feel. Um, Obviously, if you can't stand her voice, you can't stand her voice. But um, give it a shot, I say. Uh, A couple of episodes, just like the one right before the election last year, just made me sob and sob. Um, Yeah, I think she, it was, I want to say it was Sandra Bland's mom who she spoke to. And oh my God, that's just a heartbreaker right there. So, yeah, from the sad to the invincible, here is Pat Benatar's Invincible, except for here, it's me, Invincible. This bloody road remains a mystery. This sudden darkness fills the air. What are we waiting for? Won't anybody help us? What are we waiting for? We can't afford to be innocent. Stand up and face the enemy. It's a do or die situation. We will be invincible. This shattered dream we cannot justify. We're gonna scream until we're satisfied. What are we running for? We've got the right to be angry. What are we running for? When there's nowhere we can run to anymore. situation we- 